You're listening to Seen the Sequel, the movie podcast about sequels to films that were never made. Probably for good reason. This week, we're talking about the 1992 American Western classic, Unforgiven, produced and directed by Clint Eastwood and written by David Peoples. And, as ever, alongside me, three men, well, I guess they had it coming. I've got Al, I've got Joe, and I've got John. What a film. Unforgiven this week. Joe, I'm going to start with you. Okay. What are your thoughts on Unforgiven? Class. Thank you. Pure class. <laughs> I, I just, uh, what a classy film it is, and it stands up as uh, just ex- excellent. I, I love the patience of it. Uh, I, I love the hero. I love the payoff. Uh, I, I love the opening and closing of it, you know, with the, with the, um, the scroll on, on screen. I think it's fantastic. Fantastic. John? Um, yeah, obviously, um, it's an undeniable um, classic film. Like, I think it's, it's what was it, 92? Yeah. It's, um, it's, it's the best Western that's been made. There's no better Western that's been made since then. Um, it, it almost it's like killed the genre almost like it's so it's so it's so good um, I think in a similar way to Drive which we've covered before like it's also about a guy who's just trying to do good trying to change his life just trying to always be good but life just fucking gets in the way and just pulls him back into the the shit storm that he's fought he's fought he'd um, he'd fought he'd left behind and, and all that he just um, that's life isn't it well yeah it, well, it, well it's, it's almost yeah, like right, it's, but, it's, but it's always it's that idea of like you know like you know he constantly talks about like how his wife like changed him and stuff but then ultimately she she didn't really like she he can't get away from his demons he can't get away from his violent past he's always going to be known as uh william money that fucking crazy fucking bloodthirsty killed women and children yeah killed Cal? anything that damn near worked at one stage um i'm yeah, I mean, I'm going to echo what the guys say, but I actually think it's a more important film than we've sort of hit on, really. Um, obviously, it's it's Eastwood's perfect farewell to the uh, the Western, and, and particularly the gunslinger character. It's a very important film in my family. My dad's always loved Westerns. I remember him taking my gran to see this at the cinema when I was too young to go and stuff. I didn't really know what it was. But since then, it's been a very, you know, it's been a family favourite. Um, it's, the whole purpose of it is 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 exploring that mythology of the West, the obsession with the West, like the Sol Rubinick character, um, you know, from uh, Frasier and um, and True Romance, he, he's writing a book, you know, and he's fascinated by, um, you know, Schofield Kid wants to be it, but can't be it, he discovers. Um, you know, one of my favourite scenes of all time is when he says, I ain't like you, Will. And then he says, I guess they had it coming. We all got it coming, kid. And deserves got nothing to do with it. These kind of lines, it's about the mythology of the gunslinger and how it would be perceived through history. Um, and, you know, little things like the marshal at the end has a clean shot, but doesn't dare take it. Like, oh, that's awesome. Doesn't, he doesn't dare take it, you know. And it, so it's not just... It's not just Eastwood doing a Western and saying, this is going to be my last one. It's him almost deconstructing the whole mythology of the West and saying a a very grand farewell. And rightly, one um, Best Picture Oscar for it, our first ever Best Picture winner we've done on this show, I think. Interestingly Um, enough, um, to your point earlier on, John, uh, according to Wikipedia, this was the third Western 
to win an Oscar. Uh, I think it's uh, Chimarun or Chimarun in 1931. I'm sorry, I'm sure someone's going to tell me that pronunciation is appalling. And uh, Dances with Wolves again in 1990. So two years later, another Western wins it. And that's quite incredible, isn't it? You yeah. know, uh, well, is for it... that period of time as well, for a West, two Westerns in succession, a, year, you know, a couple of years apart. There's something about Dances with Wolves that doesn't fit the bill of a Western. Don't, in a way. not Dances with no, Wolves. No, I, I love it's it. Too but clean, like, I think. It's, it's but too it's like, clean. it's about a cavalry man. Yeah. It is, it is a Western and it's perfectly there, but it's not about, it, this, that's the difference, the yeah. gunslinger yeah. element. It's yeah. too clean, um, like Unforgiven's are much more dirty. It's, it's also closing the book on the West as well, because it's, exactly, um, that's exactly what I mean. It's, um, it's set in a time period in which, it's not just celebrating those gunslinger characters, like, the, you know, like the, the railroads are rolling in, like in, industries happening. It's the, the, the cowboy concepts just can't survive in, in modern America anymore. Yeah, it's nice, that, isn't it? I mean, let's talk about Gene Hackman as well in this film. I oh. mean, you know, three years later, The Quick and the Dead, similar. The, Sam, Ra- the Sam Raimi one, yeah. Nowhere yeah. near as good, right? No, but, it's uh, not. But I mean, what a tour de force this is for him. He won the Oscar for it, best supporting and, and again, very deserved. And that's, you've got, t- like, you've got three titans, uh, four titans of cinema playing those, those leads because obviously you've got Richard Harris oh, as well. Yeah, Richard Harris. Um, Wasn't and- that part written for him? I wouldn't know the answer to that. Right. It wouldn't surprise me. He's, oh, he's excellent, isn't, isn't he? he? What's his name? Bill. English Bob. Yeah, English Bob. Um, and yeah, like, uh, I, it's, it's that grit that comes with it. And what you touched on, John, about like, oh, his wife didn't change him. I take the opening and closing scrolls, like the closing one says, oh, and, and we will never know why she fell in love with this man, a man of ill repute. It's because by the end of the film, we do. We know why she fell in love with him because, we, because history will remember him as William Money. The, the the bastard but we've seen his soul and seen there's more to it and so that is very um in you know in terms of how history is going to remember the era and those kind of characters um i think that's sort of um that's a very in- interesting mm. deconstruction of it yeah and how nice that uh, he dedicated the film to leone and uh, don siegel in uh, 2004 you know that was his like you know yeah. I, mean, I mean, it had to be done, didn't it? I mean, you know, the opportunity that... that, that well, I think he, learned, he learned off them uh, more than anyone, didn't yeah, he? Yeah. yeah. Um, absolutely blinding film. And like I said, very personal to me just because of it being, uh, you know, my father loves it so much. And um, um, it just doesn't... Uh, flawless, absolutely. Man. And, and, you know, it's, it's about... It's not... You know, you said to people, oh, this is the ultimate Western watch it. They might be disappointed because it's not... It doesn't feel that big. You know, in a good way. It's it quite feels slow. It's slow. Well, it's not slow. I mean, it's uh, it's deliberately paced. It's quiet, I suppose, until the end. Yeah. It's very quiet. It's and actually, when I was yeah. re-watching it, for the first sort of 40 minutes, I did think, has this dated badly? And, and, and would this win any more? And I thought it was too... I thought it was slow. But then it... It, you know, by the time the ending comes around, it's just it's just perfect, perfectly paced. And he's and it's just like the the centre point when he gets the fever and stuff, and you know he's he's seeing his victims and he has to get drunk to be able to do it again. And I've always been lucky about you know he's haunted by it as well. You know he's completely haunted by it and wants to be a better man, but um, you know doesn't know how to do anything else. So there's a lot of weight. You feeling the pressure on this then? Because I mean we're going to talk about a sequel. To, to this so to the perfect farewell to the western <laughs> yeah so who wants to kick things off um well it sort of says he, he the, 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 no one really knows what's happened to him at the end there are rumours that he went and started running a business selling dry goods or something but um let's say they were just rumours um I guess it would be like you know 
you thought that was a farewell. This is going to be a 90-year-old Eastwood yeah. doing it again. <laughs> that uh, farewell that we already had, the greatest farewell in cinema history, writing a book on the Western. Surprise! Actually, <laughs> that was pretty shit compared to what we were about to do. <laughs> we're, we're releasing a bigger book, a bigger farewell. Well, I thought Gran Torino was going to be Eastwood's farewell. And then, he, you know, he kept he going. He just keeps still going strong. It, what, what, I mean, Clint, before we go to further, Clint Eastwood is a Hollywood actor and everything that yes, embodies. he literally is. But do you know what I mean? Like, so many, we talk about actors these days and they don't have the gravitas. When you look at Clint Eastwood, you know he's a Hollywood actor. Like when you look at Cruise, Hollywood well, actor. Not many in, people can say that. It's even in the name, right? Tom Cruise. Yeah. Clint Eastwood. Clint like, Eastwood. These are fucking movie star <laughs> names. Right, so, <laughs> do him justice, Al. Off you go. Okay, well, I think our opening actually will be with the, uh, the Sol Rubinick character, um, much older, obviously. Vulture sound effect? <laughs> no, um, like, uh, like in a city that's just being built, you know, early days of a city, so the odd automobile or something like that. Nice. And, and he's going into a publisher's and he's finally finished the book that he's going to written, that he was starting to write with English Bob and then he was writing with... Um, Little Bill. Where, um, where is the original set? California? Missouri. Oh, Missouri. Okay, no. Well, Wyoming. So it's, so it's 30 years. Oh, Wyoming? I thought it was Missouri. No. <laughs> 30 years later. It's taken 30 years to write this book. Why not? Okay. You know, yeah, perfected sure. it. And he's going in, and then maybe we could just bookend it with that, no pun intended. Um, what book's he writing? Like, well, he's like writing a, a book, <clears throat> but he's, he's biographer for English Bob. And then little Bill kicks the shit out of English Bob and yeah. says, do you want to stay with you're me? My, you're, my, you're my scribe now. Do you want to stay with me? And then once he's killed little Bill, um, he lets him go, basically, doesn't he? He walks out. Sorry, yeah. Bill. Well, maybe he could go. be writing a story of the frontier, but told through some key characters. So it's, so it's like a it's like a history it's a history novel sort of... So he literally is writing the book that's closing. But the, maybe the, the publisher says to him, did you ever see him again? Did you ever see William Money again? He's like, S- S- funny you should ask. Funny, <laughs> and, 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 then the, and then the screen shimmers and we go back. The good thing is you don't even have to reference. Clint Eastwood could almost not be in his film, but his character is so strong that you could have vignettes of I heard this story and this story and this story and this story like later on. What, and play up to the legend sort of factor. Almost like a Coen Brothers, like you know. Exactly, yeah. Maybe, but I think I'd want to see William Money as a really old man. And maybe I yeah. think the reason, I think what happens is... And he's like blind. He's like almost totally blind History now. catches up with him. So he's got his adult kids and they've, run, they've got like a farm and stuff like that. And oh yeah, he just left his kids, didn't he? Left them at the start. <laughs> like, they'll be fine. Well, he, <laughs> he asked Morgan Freeman's uh, wife to look oh, in, look in, right. in on them. Check in right. on them. Yeah. Um, and so maybe he's on the farm and suddenly like a gang of you know, cow- cowboys come over the ridge and he has to... Fend- evil cowboys. Evil cowboys, John. Uh, <laughs> the evil cowboys. He has to fend them off and that starts a new kind of war. Like, you know, a new journey for him. Yeah, so what, what are they fending? Because I think it needs to be like the, the idea of like the frontier changing, so like businesses and stuff coming in. Sorry. Maybe they could be they want working land? on a business. Yeah, like, like a railroad. businessman. Yeah, or, or like the government is trying to put a railroad through the the farm or whatever and maybe even the government have hired these like dodgy mercenaries just to, to clear clear whatever's whatever's in the way yeah well he says no obviously uh this is my farm this is my business and then and then they go to dirty 
dirty, rotten tactics and, and bring in the, uh, the henchmen. Are we telling yeah, yeah, this from exactly. the perspective of the completion of the book? Is, is the book going to be the book direction? it's just an idea. I don't know. Maybe we can scrap it. I don't know. Well, let's don't see, know let's see like if it fits. It's a nice so, link. Yeah. Are, we, are we starting with a, uh, a beautiful sunset or sunrise shot with um, text on screen? Like the first. Yeah. Silhouette and horse. then oh, William Money's on his horse. He's like, yeah, yeah, I'm doing it. And then he just falls off. <laughs> 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 and then face face up in the mud, face down in the mud. Um, and obviously the Gene Hackman character is dead, but maybe that you know he, what? Maybe it's um, yeah. They need they need his land, so he has to, he takes out someone very important and causes um, a lot of grief and he, um, for him and his family. And he has to basically it's a, it's defending his his land and his honor story. Um, it's either that or there's yeah honor is at stake or someone needs him. Yeah, you know or, either like his his son has married now and it's the wife you know there's some sort of pull well there. history has a way of finding him like in the first one Schofield Kid, you know he doesn't want it but he's offered the job he's like we need you to do it you know yeah. and of course he's the one who doesn't really want to do it and Ned Morgan Freeman wants to he's but way he, can't, more. he ain't got it anymore remember yeah. the Winchester he can't do it but Eastwood's like I'm not very good with one of these <laughs> takes him straight out <laughs> like he's alright you know yeah. um, so it's there's skills he can't uh he can't deny. So either someone comes and asks him for help, like his son. His son could be getting himself into trouble. His son and daughter. Well, I think he need, he desperately needs. It can't just be like, "Hey, will you come and help me?" It needs to be some sort of well desperate jeopardy, like his son dies or or well, his daughter, or, or dies. maybe his son has gotten in has gotten involved in like some sort of dodgy gang or something, and he can and will can see his son becoming the kind of person that he was just like a bloodthirsty crazy person and he and he needs to like shut the gang down or something or and like bring his son back and like you know whip his ass and teach him a lesson and not be a murderer oh, it's difficult it's quite an interesting legacy that that his son becomes yeah follows in his father's yeah because then you're continuing the idea that like you know he can't all the violent acts and stuff that he's done in the past he can't just leave that behind that he's that's gonna haunt him forever okay so maybe he's settled near like a developing city in California or something like that and his son's in the city and gets himself into that I don't know you, it goes against gambling it's that kind of you that know, kind of thing yeah, yeah. and um, and but then that goes against what you're just saying and he sort of becomes yeah the same I think thing. he wants to do it I think he like his son would have to want to be part of that life it wouldn't need to be like tricked okay, into this? it or debted into it how about the daughter has married into because it's obviously got to be sort of old school family values married into someone quite powerful in a city and um, she get he gets himself into some trouble and it affects her, you know, like the baddies are coming after like the family. So the son goes in to deal, says like arrives at Clint Eastwood's farm and says, I'm dealing with it. I'm going in and Eastwood's like old rocking chair, like don't do it. But the son goes in and gets himself killed doing like big, trying mm. to be the big badass. Mm. And then he, he knows that the daughter's in trouble. He gets word of that and he has to go back into town to uh, So the save person the day. that the daughter marries, is that a bad person? Could either be the baddie himself, yeah, or he gets in trouble with some bad corporate types. Uh, <laughs> the bad corporate types. I don't know, yeah. There needs to be a moral to it. I mean, he needs to feel obliged to help him. Cause well, I think, I think blood is thicker than water would be the story. Like, I'm never going to bring, I'm never going to go back to my gunslinging ways like he promised himself before, but he has to because it's to, to save his children. Yes, children, I think, is the angle that's going to pull at his heartstrings and just push him over the edge. Joe, what you got? So I think the the daughter has been married off to uh, a sort of corrupt businessman, like railroad sort of 
person tycoon yeah like a t- yeah exactly and e- like, not, not go as far as evil but a bad a bad seed. he's corrupt i'm yeah. thinking of jack palance and young guns yeah Remember that, back- yeah yeah that sort of thing <laughs> yeah, i mean maybe not quite as old but uh- <laughs> um the uh, the son gets somehow in debt with the businessman yeah um can't pay his debt and is killed yes by, there it is by the husband um she has no choice but to sort of go along with this. Um, and word gets to Eastwood. His son has been killed and his, by his, um, his daughter's husband. Um, she's getting abused by him. Eastwood has to go in and get her out. Yeah, also, may- go maybe he's a right cunt, this tycoon guy. <laughs> and he makes the daughter kill... Kill the well, son. No, he could go like maniac. Yeah, just absolutely. Fu- so, yeah, no, no, I, see, I see a scene where Clint's uh, money's there, rocking on his rocking chair, and he gets like a telegram or something, and he just stops rocking and just slowly gets up, polishes his gun off, gets slowly his horse gets up. up. He's ninety. <laughs> <laughs> he will slowly get up. Everything's so so be that's slow the point. This. Are we having him? Is he still going to be like a badass? Like, is he still going to be shooting people and shit? I well, think I like the idea that he, it's something he cannot switch off so when it's he's also also clever so he's a threat but we also can be a bit clever about how and why he's a threat sure he was a gunslinger but he's also no fool so his body's deteriorating in the first film in the film he's his body's but his brain's good yeah but he can't see can he we could talk well about certainly it. by now oh is that no, Ned Scott no, no Schofield oh Schofield can't see of course it is fuck you Ned he's blind well <laughs> <laughs> I, th- I think that that's a great pull for him to come back and what he's going to need is some help maybe you know it's he's going to call his old English Bob's brother and guys English. he's on speed dial Northern Northern Bob <laughs> alright Scottish, no. Scottish, Scottish Bob, Bob. <laughs> in steps Connery <laughs> In a, in, a, in a kilt with the whole fucking bagpipes, <laughs> fucking everything. <laughs> oh, that, I don't know what bagpipes yeah, yeah, yeah. Have, have you ever tried haggis? <laughs> <laughs> shit accent, shit joke. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine waiting for the, for the gunfight. They'd be along any minute now. Well, he's going to have to wait a good, uh, you know, however long it would take to get snooze. from Scotland, yeah, Scotland yeah. to Missouri as well. Um, <laughs> okay. So Connery's Never before so- has there been a film with a combined cast of 200 years old. <laughs> <laughs> so Connery comes over and I like that. They're like a double team. You're going with Connery? Yeah, You're going man. with Sean Connery? We're, no we're, way. We're Connery's biggest Sean. fans, aren't we? We've always got him in everything. Let's get him in. <laughs> Fair. Fair. I didn't see it coming, but you know you can't argue. Unforgiven with. too, Sean Connery. No, no, unforgiven. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm telling you, forgiven. Who, yeah, who, forgiven. who else would have the would name would have the gravitas to maybe maybe make make, uh, make Unforgiven two justifiable? Sean Connery and Clint Eastwood together, it wouldn't do, but it's the, as close as you're going to get to being justified. Got to be someone yeah, else, Al Pacino or Robert De Niro or something. That would. Oh, oh, so we're bringing in all the stereotypes. We're bringing in, yeah. bringing in the Sc- Scottish. Now we're bringing in the Italian American who's managed to get on a boat early. He <laughs> 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 managed to get on a boat. Skip Ellis Island for about twenty years. <laughs> and got delivered straight into Missouri. <laughs> So who are we going for? Pacino. So he gets maybe that's what he does. He gets. Do you want Al Pacino in the Western? Another gang. Whoa. Another. I shot a god. I want. Al- what I the want- fuck is that? Bring in all the accents. What after the that. fuck is this place? <laughs> <laughs> what do I call that? A gun. <laughs> <laughs> 
I think we've done enough of that joke now. Um, so, De Niro, though, like like that a lot. Get De Niro in. Okay. Why is he well, as, as well? As not? We're getting them all in, or just one of them? Connery's in. I'm sorry, I'm standing by that. Okay. Connery's in. De Niro's in. <laughs> who, wait a minute. Who else is similar? Who else is... We're just pr- pulling people in. What's the plot? What do they do? No, they go... They, he, what do you mean who else is similar? A similar age. Who else of the, in the 90s, 90 uh, brigade? Ian McKellen, how old is he? Yes. Got to be creeping up there. Tommy Lee. Anthony Hopkins. Hopkins. Patrick Stewart. Anthony Hopkins. 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 Get them all in. <laughs> Ian McKellen would be excellent Jeff Goldblum. He's not quite as old, but yeah. <laughs> Poor Jeff, he's nowhere near that old. Oh, that'd be brilliant, isn't it? <laughs> so, uh, I'm not going to do that. Okay. What about Jack Nicholson? Oh, oh yeah, Jack Nicholson as well. I'd love to see Nicholson in the Western. Yeah, man. Imagine that. Eastwood, Connery, Nicholson. Now that's a fucking cast. <laughs> that's a cast. Loves. It's not going to be the quickest film. It's going to be the slowest burn. Mind you, I'm forgiven as a, as a slow burn and a climax. So, um, you know. Yeah, it's going to be. This one's just going to be them getting out of bed. It's going to be a, a bit of violence at the beginning. Uh, the sun dying, the doors are getting slapped around, and two hours, followed by two hours of talking, followed by like everyone dies. Now, wait a minute. They use their age against them. You know that. Um, they, they use their they, age against them. The rage against the machine. I didn't mean no. Their age against them, uh, in their favour. Sorry. So <laughs> complete opposite. That's what I meant. <laughs> against the baddies. So they in, they take it very slow and go into the town and become very um, unthreatening mm. to the bad guys. And no one would ever think that these old timers do. You remember the film? It's um, the tortoise in did, the hat. Braff did a remake of it um, with Michael Caine. I think called Going in Style. It was an old Martin Bress film where th- uh, three pensioners rob a bank. Um, mm. And their attitude is like, if we get caught, what's the difference? We're kind of dead anyway. Mm. Oh, so, yeah, yeah. so um, uh, maybe that's not our storyline. But the, the idea is that no one would ever suspect these old timers to do this. So maybe yeah, they go like in, that. they go into the city as the most gentle old, and then they're actually like Redford, the man with the gun. You know, the similar sort of thing. Oh, the old man with the yeah, gun yeah. thing that came out. Yeah. So like, uh, <laughs> yeah, that's Redford good. came oh! in. Oh! I think that is four titans. Imagine that. No weak links there. Eastwood, Connery, Redford, Nicholson. Tell me, are you watching that And look at the history of Redford. I mean, four titans. It's also got Robert De Niro and Al Pacino. Six titans. Is there space for them now? I think there are. Yeah, yeah. Six. (laughs) No, not both of them. You've got to pick one. No, no. Nicholson, Redford, Eastwood. Wallop, wallop, wallop. Yeah. Connery. No, you should got rid of Connery then, mate. (laughs) Yeah, I like this. Okay, great. So, cast coming together, plot there or thereabouts, title. Well. Forgiven. The Unforgivens. I know, I thought that. The Unforgivens. The Unforgivable. Unforgivable. Well, Unforgivable, just say that because it is unforgivable. That's what's yeah, yeah. happening in the That's what place. you are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's what we are. Well, because we know all the reviews will say this is unforgivable. So just jump in there before that and, and sort of take the heat off of that word and just call it unforgivable. Let's just let's call it unforgivable because what um, that's that's what, terrible what, what the bad guy's done is unforgivable and therefore he must die. Mm. That's terrible. You I know. Can't, can't unforgivable. 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 All right. Unforgettable. What's the third? <laughs> well, forgettable. I think. Um, what about okay? Unforgiven two. Can't be two. Money's revenge. <laughs> Road to Redemption. No, no, what's... Oof, Road to Redemption. 
that's a film of Kate Winslet. Is it? I don't know. No, I don't know. Redemption Road. No, it's <laughs> that's Revolutionary Road. Revolutionary Road. You're thinking of Road to Perdition. Both Not. Sam Mendes films. You could yeah. call it. <laughs> William Money. You could tale of William Money or something like that. Because... Uh, I don't know, he's done his bit in Unforgiven, yeah. hasn't he? It's, it's like kind the of... outlaw Josie Wells. Exactly, isn't it? exactly. The, oh, I see. So we could call it the monies. <laughs> just monies. Monies. And there's and, and, and the S's are with are in dollar signs. <laughs> <laughs> okay, maybe we'll come back to the title. Who's who's gonna direct this? Eastwood. It's gotta be in it. Hundred percent. It's gotta be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, great. Okay, so uh cast for son and daughter, evil guy. What are we thinking? Let's go with uh son, daughter. Well son, son. son's easy. Jason Biggs. Because he has a son. Clint Eastwood has a son that acts I what's his name? Oh he was in Scott. Scott Eastwood, yeah, he's in one of the Scott Fast Eastwood. one of the Fast and Furious films yeah, actually. Yeah. I, I don't you know, know who that. that is. Yeah, no, I don't think he's very good, but he's not gonna be in it very long, so cast his son. <laughs> he's just gotta play dead. Yeah. I like that. I like that. Eastwood and Eastwood. Eastwood, there you go. Okay, East- daughter. Uh ooh, daughter. Who's gonna play like I so do when- not know if he has a daughter in real life. What about Winslet? When, when is this set? So how old are these? Mind you, no, no. That's fair because of the age. She plays the uh she plays period. You know, very well. God, this is an ambitious film, isn't it? <laughs> With the cast, yeah. What? Why not Winslet? Yeah, sure. She'll. Well, be it's hard to us to make it believable. We're just coming up with the script and the pitch. Yeah, you know? okay. It's up to go, the studio. Kate Winslet. That's very strong. But isn't that a bit old though? Like, how old is Clint? Is how old is Money in this? Because he was already like well, seventy. If he's ninety, then the kids are only going to be like twenty-five. Yeah, it's quite funny. He's a 90-year-old with 25-year-old kids. But, but in the original film, his kids are super young. Yeah, yeah we're, but it's 30 years later. Yeah, so they're going to be 45, 50. Yeah, but think how old Kate Winslet was. No, the was. kids were like five years old in Yeah, that think film. how old Kate Winslet was when Unforgiven came out. She wasn't a child. So, yeah, it is off. <laughs> yeah. But I think we go with it. Kate Winslet's very good. Um, so, okay. um, who's this? I, I tell you, you could play a, you know, because you wanted to be a real sick Nasty. motherfucker. Nasty, Scar. Uh, Jeremy Irons just a bit old <laughs> he belongs in the film he's that old um, I was going to say Stephen Graham yeah. who sort of hit the big time now because um, he was obviously in The Irishman so yeah. he's good enough for Scorsese what, what is he who's he e- evil guy combo guy. and this is England Marries, oh, yeah, wait 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 yeah. hang on no, but Stephen Graham married to Kate Winslet fine okay combo um, fine no, they play Capone in uh, Boardwalk Empire as well yeah okay, oh, okay. Like yeah, that. Yeah, right. good stuff okay so it's all coming together who is going to seal this one off? Who's going to take it home, baby? Okay, I'll do it. Um, so, uh, no pressure, by the way. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we've gone thirty years on. So it's sort of um, you know coming up to turn of the century, America. Um, William Money is uh, happily uh, retired on a farm um, and uh, you know living a very peaceful life um, with the money he uh, he got from the first film and. Um, his daughter, played by Kate Winslet, is in a very turbulent relationship with a very powerful, corrupt man in uh, the closest neighbouring city, which, what, maybe it's getting developed. San Francisco, something like that? Oh, they're in California. Well, he's they're moved, not in Missouri. He, 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 well, he left the area, didn't he? So I'm going to say San Francisco, and he's somewhere in the desert outside, like in the west there. And, um, and meanwhile, his son, played by... Uh, so the bad guy is played by um, Stephen Graham, who was married to Kate Winslet's character, his, uh, his daughter. The son, meanwhile, has become um, a bit of a badass, thinking he can be as strong as his dad was and uh, gets himself into a bit of trouble with Stephen Graham, takes some money off him, rips him off, thinks he can do whatever he wants, and he gets him killed. But Stephen Graham's such a sick 
fuck. And Kate Winslet's like so um, controlled by this psycho that he makes her kill him. And it's a really fucking Ooh. gritty scene. It's horrible. It's fucking horrible. Uh, that word gets back to William Money and he f- reads the telegram and he's rocking on his rocking chair and just at that point he stops rocking. <laughs> he's, he's dead. Like, no, <laughs> He, he stops talking. He, he stands up and goes out to the shed and starts getting the gun. And he writes a few telegrams himself. One goes to Scotland, and Sean Connery <laughs> heads over. One goes. One goes to. Uh, I don't know where Jack Nicholson is in the city already. Yeah. Well, this Jack should be like the in. montage in Armageddon, where, where they all have those, and they're all coming in the cabs, and they all meet at the same place. It's like they're all doing their crazy Shum, thing. Dum, dum, yeah, like one of them's in. <laughs> Um, so Jack Nicholson, Sean Connery, and Robert Redford are the four. The te- that, that's the team that gets put together, and um, so they, they get together with a plan and they go in and they inf- he manages to get Kate Winslet like when she's walking down the street and says, "I'm here to save you from this appalling life and to get revenge." So it sort of takes place in a city. So they're having to stop being gunslingers and sort of disguise themselves as the, the developing American, uh, that's coming through. And, um, they're so, um, old and so, um, unsuspicious and so unthreatening. Stephen Graham just can't see it coming as they gradually infiltrate his entire operation and then burn it to the ground, including killing him and saving Kate Winslet. And then, um, they go back to the farm and have something to eat. Put a cup of tea on. And it's called? It's called, and I think it's very fitting, because if it ever happened, it truly would be, it's called Unforgivable. Yes, well done. Well, that truly was Unforgivable. Please forgive us. Please let us know what you would have done differently. How would have you taken on such a massively important film? Uh, Seen the sequel? Hit us up on Twitter, at Seen the Sequel, and leave us some comments on Instagram, and we look forward to seeing you next time. Thanks a lot, guys. Cheers. Cheers.